Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David Medeiros, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. It's been a day or two. We have been incredibly lax with getting out our podcast, and I don't know how many weeks we. I don't even want to look and see how many weeks we've missed. But it's been, it's been more than three, I think. <laughs> anyway, we want to start off the podcast today, reminding you that we have a workshop in February. There's just a few seats left in it. It's going to wrap up pretty quick. Uh, opportunities to come into it. It's February. Thank you, David. Here in Seymour, we have a great time. It's going to be a lot of good information, hands-on, being actually able to handle the equipment, look at stuff that you might want to put in your alternative energy complex, and a lot of good time, a lot of good fellowship. But what we wanted to talk about today was what exactly should we title this, David? I want to say it's we're going to talk about a lot of things about wind, but what do you kind of feel like is the? Well, I think the titling deal would be just turbines. I mean, okay. I mean, this is just talking about turbines. They're how they're rated, why they're rated that way. Yeah, that's a lot of the questions we get coming in, and we, yeah. we've actually. I know he's not, you know, screaming at the walls here, but we actually brought Wyatt in with us today too. Quite possibly the quietest person at the table with probably and it's probably indirect what is it the less you know the more you talk so that's probably at least right for me <laughs> <laughs> and why why it doesn't say very much over here so we want to just talk about get some good questions handled that we've been getting a lot here lately about the wind turbines and so let's talk about the first thing and you guys just kind of however you want to approach this We want to talk about the wind turbine rating. And when we talk about, and we've got 2,000 watt, 1,600 watt, 500 watt. watt. So we've got all these different watt ratings. What does that mean? I know it means 1,600 watts. We know what 1,600 watts. But what does that realistically mean with the wind turbine? So how we rate our wind turbine is the maximum production. Well, and that's a standard. That's pretty much the standard. If you read anything in, in the industry, it should be this. It should be the standard that everybody goes by. Unfortunately, that's why we're having this discussion today is because it's not what a lot of people are going by. You know, we see a lot of turbines that, a matter of fact, Westhead has even done a video on it. So it's a little 400 oh, gosh, watt turbine. Yeah, those, chi- those Chinese and, and they're rated all over eBay, Amazon. You listen Go look anywhere. Just type in turbine. <laughs> I think what they do on those boxes, they've got all the different sizes. And then when you buy something, it's like, they just okay, it. check that box. And yeah. we're, we're uh, see, I think you're right. We're yeah. going to so send that one out. They'll oh, rate yeah, the yeah. same turbine 600? as we have on the roof that, is a, that was, they said was 400 watts, which I don't know how they would ever get to there. Oh. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, They'll rate that, that same turbine at, at 4,000 watts. Yeah. I mean, Has so, it ever hit? 200? I, no, I can't, can't remember right. because it's got the self-breaking deal right. that breaks it at 120 watt maximum output. Yeah. The brake yeah. kicks on, you know, because it over speeds at that point. So, you know, so that's 
one of the reasons that we're going into the ratings deal of it because there's so many people that you know well your turbine is this and but it only produces 1600 watts and this one's 4000 watts and what happens is since there's not an industry that you have to go by guideline it is when some of these manufacturers when you call them back and say hey that's not 4000 you know this thing's not producing 4000 watts they'll say well, that's 4,000 watts a year that it'll produce. Well, that has no bearing on oh my gosh, it. You know, yeah, that's that. nothing. I mean, you know, divide that by 365 days a year. Well, it's got to produce 10 watts a day, you know I mean? So it's really nothing. We, so, can, we can attach Lucy to it. Right, yeah. We put the skunk <laughs> in the wheel and get it, a, you, know, we, you know, but that's an inside joke. Well, no, it's not. If you if you don't get the skunk in the wheel joke, you got to go <laughs> back to more. our podcast. Right. Go back more. to the old podcast. Yes. Everyone. So, <laughs> so when we rate our turbine, we're saying that at a certain wind speed, and it will depend on battery chemistry, battery level, voltage levels, things of that nature, but overall kind of in the – you know, between 45 and 65 mile an hour, depending on there, all those things I've just said, that it is going to produce that top rated speed, that, that top rated voltage that we've said, or not voltage, but wattage that we've said. And that can do that every hour that the wind blows at, that, at those speeds. And so that's how we rate our turbines. And we have to rate it that way so we don't burn up equipment. Because if I told you, well, this is a 300 watt turbine, but it was able to produce 1600 watts, I may burn up your equipment you may just say well i'm going to go buy this controller they said it doesn't produce but 300 watts and all of a sudden it starts producing 1600 watts it starts burning up equipment okay you can't handle that as we as we know i'm the probably least educated guy in the room on this stuff what's our good analogies so is our good analogy hey you may have your 84 nissan center out there where the speedometer goes to 100 miles an hour but you can't run that car at a hundred miles an hour for right for on and on. Or I think you've talked about it before. Even is it like the horsepower ratings on? Yeah. It's motors? a little bit like the horsepower ratings. On so the- talk about that for a second. What are we, so if we have a 1600 watt wind turbine, right. It can achieve that, but that's not where you want to That's operate. not where we want to operate. Okay. Right. You know, just because my lawnmower can achieve five horsepower because I'm running at 5,000 RPMs or 6,000 RPMs. That's not the RPMs that I want to run that at. I want to run that lawnmower. And and if I'm going to get the longevity out of it, I want to run it at 2,000 RPMs. So I'm really probably only getting, you know, maybe two and a half horse at that. You know, that's kind of equivalent to the deal. Just because it can run to that doesn't mean that it's going to run to that, that you want to run it to that even all the time. You want to, I mean, there's no engine that you want to run as hard as it can all the time. You'll never get the longevity right. out of it. Okay, Wyatt, tell us what's going to happen if we get that 1600 watt max and the wind goes up faster. Well, it's probably going to burn up fairly quickly. All right, describe what's burn up mean. I would think that means all kinds of things to different people. I mean, is that Fourth of July fireworks? Whoopity do. Let's see what. Not what, quite like that. What, no. what happens in the motor? The windings in it overheat, and then typically what will happen is they'll short out. They'll short out, and then kind of poof on the stator. The stator is the windings. Okay. Is this is that irreparable damage when that happens? To the stator, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
when we've talked and, you know, we're about to build our house here, we're going to put a couple of wind turbines up. And let's just say in my environment, 25, 30 mile an hour winds are, are happy for me. And let's say I've got a, a day where it gusts up to 45, 50 miles an hour a couple of times in my toast or what? No, that's not a problem. What's what kind of because I know like we've left this the 65 foot tower out here. We've ever taken it down since I've been around. No, no, and it and it's still generating. So yeah, same turbine. And we know we've had we've had straight straight line winds at one of the buildings off. Yeah. So what's happening in that situation? Well, in all the time I've had the turbines up, had several eighty mile an hour, and none of them ever damaged. So, but yeah, straight line winds for a long time. Yeah, they'll probably overheat. But are we talking like it's going to overheat in three gusts, three hours, three days, three months? I mean, if that was your, well, it is yours out there. If it was yours out there, at what point, if that tower back there was key to generating power in your environment, at what point would you take that down and say, first off, just take it down to, to stop or, or to stop it, however, break it or whatever you need to do. But then at what point would you bring it down and basically go over it with a fine tooth comb, looking at it. See, is it we had we had a little bit of a windy day today, and it gusted up a few times, or kind of at what point would you pull it down? Like after a storm? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would just see if it's shaking or producing like normal. If it's not shaking, and if it's producing kind of like normal, seeing power out of it, then it's, it's probably good to go. And what There's would you really nothing that's going to loosen up or burn up that you won't notice? What would you be concerned about power? Like if you if you lost five percent of power or thirty percent of power, what what would be? I mean, obviously thirty percent would. Pro- yeah, you'd probably lose thirty percent at least. If it, if but it, usually it's going to kind of come to a a crawl, like you put a brake on it. Okay, you know if it burns up. Yeah, okay. And I don't mean flames coming out the rear end, just it gets hot. If the stator fails, it causes a dead short. Because the copper wiring copper melts wiring together? melts together. And, okay. And so to, your phases then come in contact with each other. And then at that point, it, it wants to start putting a brake on it. You know, in essence, it just wants to start breaking it, you know. And then you go outside and at 15 mile an hour and the thing's just lays lackadaisically going around. And, you know, you can tell that it's not... I mean, there's more likely you have stator failure and that, and that, you know, if that's after a storm, then you have to be after a storm. Like if you go outside and, you know, maybe you're too close to the saltwater environment or, you know, something of that nature, you know, that that's the typical thing to look at there. And then that's not a repair that you can really do yourself, is it? No, you'll need to send that to us. Okay. And in the realm of, I slung a rod in my truck. Yeah. Is this that or is this, ah, yeah, we're, it's going to. It's not as bad as maybe slinging a rod. I mean, it's going to be a, you know, a, an 80 to 80 to $120 okay. fix, you know? So, so that's kind of, we can re, re, totally rebuild one usually for 140 bucks, you know? Okay. So. And is the stator, I mean, is that pretty much what's going to go? I mean, do you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rotors hardly ever. I mean, your rotor hardly ever. About your, your bearings, bearings. If you're in super high winds for a, a long matter, long period of time, or there again, if you're in a, a super corrosive environment, I mean, it, bearings can can fail at that point. Okay. All right. So 
moving kind of off that, or did I, was there anything else we should? No, that's, you know, okay. so just remember when you're looking at turbines and you're seeing these different ratings, you know, the industry standard says we rate them at the highest production levels achievable at, at any one given time. Okay. So, all right. So as a parting comment on here, heading into like our next little subtopic here, what would you want to produce a day? You know, what I want to, so I typically have always told our customers, what I would like to see is an average wind speed of 15 mile an hour. And at 15 mile an hour, you know, blowing on a, we always say a 12 hour wind day, which is kind of typical because wind a lot of times lays at night. You know, at that, you're going to produce somewhere on the on 1600 watt units, you're going to produce somewhere about 2.5 to 3.5 kilowatts a day. And then you're going to pretty much double that on the on the 2000 watt turbine, you know, because it is dual state or dual rotor. So even though they're rated very close, the actual production at the lower RPM, the lower RPMs is a lot greater on the 2000 watt versus the 1600 watt. So you do get a lot more production out of them on the lower end. It's just as they really climb up the scale, they get closer together. So, but there again, remember we're, we're trying to put these in most systems that have an average wind speed of, of 12 to 17 mile an hour. And so that's where, you know, so if I can get 2.5 to 3.5 and then, you know, 5.5 to 6.5 kilowatts a day out of my wind turbines, that's, that's really what I, at that, that's very achievable gold. It is a, it's a hundred percent achievable in that, you know, but what I don't want to do is think that I'm going to get a 2000 watt turbine and produce 40 kilowatts a day on a 10 mile an hour wind. It's just not achievable. It's an, it's an impossibility. Okay. Well, that's a good point to kind of move into our next area we want to talk about. Let's, let's talk about cut-in speed. Okay. How does that come into play in this? And again, we're, we're kind of reflecting on questions that we get. What are we looking at for a typical cut-in speed? And what, well, let's back up. What, what is a cut-in speed? Cut-in is when the turbine produces just slightly over your battery voltage. So that's usually anywhere from six to 10 mile an hour. If your battery is really full, closer to 10 mile an hour. Okay, cool. Let's, let's peel that a little bit further. Okay. So if I have a, if I have a 12 volt system and my batteries are healthy, my battery dropped down to insert here. 12. 12. Okay. Is that not too low? 12 is, is about 50% DOD. So that's okay. about 50%. Okay. So what cutting speed here is even though that wind turbine, if it's singing all day long, if it's the wind is blowing and it's blowing all day long, if it's still not exceeding the 12 volt that you just said, it's doing uh-huh. nothing. It's pretty. It's a, it's a <laughs> yeah. yard ornament. Okay. hundred percent. All right. And so what are my variables there? So, and again, I'm always the, I'm always the guy that's derpy here. So if it's spinning and it's only spinning enough to get to, let's say, you know, 1209, it's doing nothing. Right. Right. Even though my batteries are down significantly in this case, right? My batteries are down, wind is blowing, but I'm still not getting enough to overcome that. Right. But the minute I go to 1211. It's producing. Putting a little bit in there. Cut in speed is a, is the point where the turbine starts to produce amperage. Overcomes the amperage in the battery. Voltages. That's right. Because 
until that point, it's really not producing any amps because amperage is going to start being produced once the battery voltage is met. Until then, all you're doing is producing voltage. So it's very easy, remember, to produce voltage up to a certain level. And it's we got to go back to the water barrel deal. If I have two barrels that are equal and I want this barrel to put more over into this barrel, then I have to now force it in there. I have to put pressure in that thing to force it into that other barrel with air or with whatever. So that, you know, when you talk about electricity, amperage is almost, a lot of people would have said it's electrical pressure. And it's the, I mean, it's pressing, it's, you've got to press it into there. Okay. And so. All right. Let me ask you this. What keeps the battery from spinning the wind turbine if diodes okay blocking diode okay and so if those diodes weren't in place they would spin backwards until it was trying to reach equilibrium right right that's right if you didn't have an opposing wind force to keep it from turning backwards it it would just turn backwards backwards, yeah okay so that's what blocking diodes and and in our rectifiers that's what's going to be a there's going to be a large set of blocking diodes in there. So, you know, there's no, it can only travel one way. Most of our listeners here are knowing, but a blocking diode is basically a check valve for electricity. It is just a one-way valve. Electricity can flow through one way and cannot come back the other. Okay. All right. Do we need to, is there more here on cut-in speed or can I ask my next? No, I think cut-in speed, That that's just about it. So, we just get a lot of questions. Hey, my wind turbine's spinning like crazy. That's not produce. And it's not producing anything. Remember spinning like crazy and spinning fast enough, spin fast enough RPM to actually produce over because that's what's all based on if it's your RPMs. How fast is that RPMs on your wind turbine? But that bleeds into our next question, which is the battery voltage, right? Mm-hmm. So the other another aspect of this is what that battery voltage is, right? So if it's at 12.1 or whatever, then how do I, I guess my question there is, does it now matter from our wind turbine standpoint of our 12 versus 24 versus 48 system? Is one better than the other from that aspect in generating enough to overcome? Or are we kind of, we're just basically doubling our voltage and, you're still having to overcome the battery voltage. I mean, if I have four of the same type of batteries I had in the 12 volt system or in the 48 volt system, my 48 volt turbines just has got. But does but does my wind have to change, or is my wind? My wind. So if I've got 48 volt system, and what would be what would be half depleted on 48 volt? About 48 volts. I mean, okay. if you go down, it, you know, you can just kind of figure 12 is you're getting about halfway down. Okay. 24, you're getting. I mean, about halfway. So, so the same wind that would move me off of 12 volt would move me off 48. Mm-hmm. So long as you had a 48 volt turbine and 48 volt right, turning. Right. Yeah. Okay. What else do we need to be concerned about with our battery voltage on there? Well, battery voltage and battery chemistry. I mean, if take our blue technology battery, for instance, you know, one of the major parts of the blue technology is they've caused that battery by adding a certain material to the battery, which is carbon and graphite, they've added it to almost eliminate the resistance in the battery. So the less resistance your battery has, the easier it is for it to take energy into it. And so here, are we talking about ohms here? 
Yeah, basically, yeah. So if, if your battery has zero to little of resistance, I mean, any energy that the, the turbine's producing then is not coming into resistance with the battery bank, so it doesn't have to, it may need four to five more mile an hour wind speed on a different battery chemistry than it would, say, on the blue technology, on the on the North Star Blue battery. And so are we talking about in the resistance just straight up the ability to dump that energy into the battery? That's right, for that energy battery to take energy into it because most batteries do not want to absorb energy so much or good batteries will like good rechargeable batteries like what we're using but if you take a battery that that wasn't really made for that application that was made just for kind of take a little bit of charge and just kind of sit there and hold and give a little bit of charge for starting there's going to be high resistance levels on those batteries so it's it may take you know where our cutting speed on a on a blue battery may be six to eight mile an hour it may take 12 to 14 mile an hour wind. But the voltage is the same. It's just kind right. of, it's kind of like how hard is it having to push to right. get it in there? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the, it's riding your 10 speed bike you're, and you're riding it on the flat ground and you've got it in the same gear. And then all of a sudden you start up the hill. Now there's resistance going up that hill. If you just stay in the same gear, you're going to have to exert more energy to actually get that thing to go up the hill. Whereas if you gear it down, you can go up, you know, and, and so when you gear it down, you lower the resistance value. You don't have as much resistance anymore as you climb that hill. So it's easier to get back up that hill. Okay. Last part. Where do we put a wind turbine? I know we've talked about this a good deal. And let's talk about dirty wind. We always recommend that you have a turbine at least five foot higher than anything within 200 foot of the turbine in, in a circle around it. And let's talk about that. Why? Why is the case? And I think one of the best analogies you've told me about, and either one of you chime in on this, is you, you think about going into the river, and if the river has you know, a nice clean bottom, the water's going to just flow real nice. Mm-hmm. But if you have trees and stumps and rocks, water's still going to flow. Right. It's going to go, yeah. It'll be tumbling and turbulent yeah but it's going to do some things yeah, slowing down if you're out there in a boat in the first one and out there in the boat in the second one you're going to get totally different results in trying to right to stay well stationary. you Is know that yeah and everybody's looked out in the river and you see a and you see it, it looks like the water is making a v and kind of going around and there's a rock that's submerged underneath the water mm-hmm. and the water can't go through the rock i mean it's just you know it doesn't have the pressure to go through the rock, so it goes around the rock. Well, go watch that at a river sometime. Just go, or just take a stick and put it in the water if you want to, or a large stick, and you'll see it. And then see how long it takes for it to actually come back around and get flowing in a true natural state again. You'll be amazed how long it takes to get around that. You know that's why fish lay behind it. I mean, they feed back behind it and things of that nature because there's no water movement there. The water moves very slow back in that. But if you're standing downstream of it, it still feels like the same amount of water's right. coming at you. Right. You know, at a point where it comes back together, you go stand right behind that rock. It's going to feel different. But. In the, that's right. And so there again, that's why you, you know, the fish and everything, you know, you find a rock in the river, that's where you want to fish at because that's where the fish are hiding behind it. They don't have to fight that current all the time. And there's things being brought by all the time. Same way with wind. You put a tree in front of your wind turbine. Wind is going to hit that t- that tree, and it's going to displace, and it's going to shoot it every which direction besides just straight into the wind turbine. And then, of course, that's then as it comes out the backside. This is kind of jumping over in the next deal. 
But as it comes out the backside, it's still coming out, but it's dirty. It's not got a good clean flow like that river with no rock in it. It doesn't have that good clean flow anymore. It's turbulent. It's going this way and that way, and it's kind of swirling, you know, and that causes the turbine to want to, the tail to go to the left, the tail to go to the right, the tail to want to jump up and down, which it can't do, but, and it causes turbulent movement on the turbine, which is just a loss of inertia into the, into the blades. And it causes the, you know, the loss of energy, you know. If it worked that way, if it worked the way that it doesn't work, then you could just put, you could stack 10 wind turbines in a row. Yeah. Yeah. All right. these wind turbine yeah. farms you see out West, well, they would just have them stacked within Right behind one, right one behind, right behind the next one. I mean, you, need, would, you need an acre to put. Right, you could put ten, 10 one of those. Yeah, and you can't do that. You know, it's, they understand. They, you know, there's and you can even get online. There's plenty of material online that shows it. And, and so, if you want to know how far that you need, if you want to do multiple turbines, how far it is that you need to be apart from each other to do that. You know, everybody or not everybody, but a lot of people that are doing wind turbines. If, if you walked in the woods, you hear the the trees and it just sounds loud and it's it's roaring above you and you think, man, there's just I don't feel any wind. I mean, I don't really feel any wind on me, you know. And it's the same way with wind turbine. The wind turbine is just you. If you put it in the trees, it's you got to think it's just you. It's feeling the same thing that you're feeling. It's not feeling any wind because it's being displaced elsewhere, you know. So. Me personally, at my house, wind turbine doesn't work well because I live right in the middle of the trees or I'd have to get about 100 foot in the air. You'd have to cut it back. Would it ever work? It would work in very, very limited. But if it was to come directly from the southeast, it would work. And that would be about the only time. And we have a lot of customers that have that. Well, it works during these days. Well, if the wind's directly from one direction, especially if you're living in any kind of a, a mountainous region or a hillish region where you're not on top of the hill, well, yeah, it may work very well when the wind is coming up from the bottom, you know, coming up the hill. But as it comes over the top, what happens is it kind of comes over the top of the turbine and it doesn't actually give that production that you're wanting. Well, would the number of blades you put on there make any difference? It's going to start turning and lower wind speeds, but that still doesn't mean you're going to get. There's still going to be, you know, thermal dynamics says we can't change energy. There's still going to be the same amount of energy. No matter how many blades I have there, there's still this only the same amount of energy out there that I'm trying to transform into electricity. That end, that wind energy, I'm just trying to transform into electricity is all I'm trying to do. And and I, you know, if it's 100 watts of, of wind energy out there, then, you know, the best I can think is I'm going to get, if I got all of it, it would be 100 watts of electricity out of it, you know, which it's not. I mean, it's not going to be one for one. But anyway, so blade count does play a big factor in in your wind i mean in your wind turbine the higher the wind speed you have the less blades you need i mean if your average wind speed is is really good 18 to 22 mile an hour you need to be in a probably a, a g5 three blade or a falcon three blade because you have really good wind and it's very easy for it to overcome the battery voltage and even you know in the startup and, and startup speed is the other part we talked about cutting speed Startup speed is going to be anywhere from five mile an hour to ten mile, ten to eleven mile an hour, depending on the wind, the, the actual blade sets. And now we're talking here about that's just, just starting. That's when, just starting the, to spin. The blades have stopped, and what's going yeah. to take it to actually get them to spin again? Making the whirly gig go round. I mean, is what it is what it's doing then. So that does not mean that it's producing 
once it starts to spin, it will be producing voltage. And that is something that everybody needs to You don't want to grab those wires. That's right. It will be producing <laughs> voltage at the time it starts spinning. And when that thing starts spinning, no matter the, the speed that it's spinning at, it will be producing voltage. You don't want to lick your fingers and stick it you know, grab a hold of each wire because unless you need a tinge unit for a little <laughs> while because it will give you a tingle. But, you know, and, and the higher that RPM gets up and the higher that wind speed gets and, and those, that RPM gets up on the blade set, the higher that voltage is. I mean, we have some turbines that can produce over 200 volts. You know, that's nothing to be you know golfed at. I mean, you don't want to touch wires that's producing 200 volts. But the question just is, does it have enough to overcome what the battery is? Right, on? right. You know, and at 200 volts, yes, it would definitely have <laughs> enough. I mean, so. But, uh, okay. Well, what other components have I missed on asking about this? Well, you know, really, we haven't missed anything. You know, we have a new meter out that why it's produced. It's a dual meter. It's a dual meter, and it'll, it can do solar and wind at the same time. It's got two meters in it, and I really recommend if you're going to do a wind turbine to put one of those in. It's it's really easy to install, and it it just takes that question out. What's my turbine what, doing? So what's it reading? Is it reading it's going voltage? to read battery voltage? It's going to read amperage. It's going to tell you the watt it's producing, and so that takes that. You know, well, I don't think it's working. We had a customer not long ago that well, it's just not working. You know, it's just not. Well, it wound up that he had a gigantic battery bank. I mean, I'm talking like 20,000 watts of battery, you know, and he's got <clears> one <throat> little 1,600-watt wind turbine, you know, that he had nine-mile-an-hour wind. You know, so he's expecting this to charge in a day when this thing's probably in a day's time not even producing one kilowatt. I mean, it's 20 days if he didn't use any electricity just to charge that battery bank, you know. So... Just knowing that, no, the wind turbines will 99% of the time be working. It's just not working to what you're wanting. I mean, Wes and I talked about this yesterday. Just because you're wanting a $5 bill to be a $100 bill doesn't make it a $100 bill. You know, we get that, We and we try to do our best to make sure we get you the equipment that is going to do what you're wanting to do, but you can't expect it, you know, you can't expect nine-mile-an-hour wind to produce 1600 watts out of your turbine it's just not a, a feasible deal so that's kind of why we're having this discussion that we just don't want we want people to understand what to expect from their turbine when they get them so they don't all right why you got anything dan no i think david covered it all my words exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i meant to say okay david we need to add anything else nope i think we're he good. just talks a lot more so <laughs> <laughs> i well, project so if you if you like to hear him talk, come to our February workshop. I want to end on that note. Check us out online. You can register online. If you've got any questions about it and what we're going to be going over, anything like that, just give one of our salespeople a call. They'll be able to walk you through what we're going to do there. And as always, we appreciate you downloading the podcast. If you've got any questions you'd like to have us take a look at on the podcast, check us out at radio at windandsolar.com. And thanks again. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, it keeps Lucy's doggy chicken treats coming. Thanks again.